The following is a hoop bowl presentation. What is going on, Hoop Ball Clipper Nation? Brandon Marcus here coming at you on a Sunday afternoon. It's a good Sunday as the Los Angeles Clippers defeat the Los Angeles Lakers, their hallway rival, 104-86. to Really good win for the Clippers. I know no Anthony Davis, no LeBron James, but for the Clippers, no Pat Beverly, no Serge Ibaka. Of course, they still had Kawhi. They still had Reggie Jackson, Paul George, Zoo, Marcus Morris. And of course, Rondo made his debut as well. So the Clippers clearly had more firepower than the Lakers in a game that you're supposed to win. But these games that you're supposed to win, sometimes you do not win. I mean, just look earlier in the week. Orlando. It was, of course, I understand. It was a back-to-back. They had beaten Milwaukee the night before by 24. I understand that it was five games and seven nights. There was a lot that was going on there. But still, I did not like the way the Clippers closed that ball game. And there is something to be said about the way this team has finished games when they are in the quote-unquote clutch. And I understand there are people out there that are on Twitter that are saying, you know what, you can't bring up clutch numbers when it's a back-to-back. It's the fifth game in seven days. I mean, you can't do that. I think you can. And there's a reason why. And we'll discuss that in just a second. But first of all, this podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Is there anything better than fresh mowed grass at the ballpark on opening day? You know, opening day just happened. How about freshly groomed balls? Our sponsors at Manscaped, the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming, are here to help you strike out your bush for good. It's a whole new ball game, folks. And Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com. There's so much that they have to offer. I mean, you look at what they have with the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which is one of the best products on the market. When you are grooming, the Lawnmower 3.0 is perfect. It reduces the nicks and cuts. It's got the light on there so you can see what you're doing. It's got a great battery. It's honestly a tremendous product. And of course, if you want to package it with the Perfect Package 3.0, that comes with a crop preserver, crop reviver. And of course, there's the Shed Travel Bag now that they're throwing in there that you can keep all your goodies in. Honestly, so much that you can get from Manscaped, and they have the greatest stuff. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com. Hit the balls out of the park this season with the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code HoopBall20. All right, so I want to quickly go back to the Orlando game because obviously I haven't spoken to anybody here on this podcast. It's been a little bit. Uh, apologies. And for those of you that kind of wondering what's going on, we have a kiddo um, on the way. So things are a little crazy in our household. So getting a podcast out today, um, I wanted to make sure we got one out today to recap the week. We had a chance to record tomorrow with a guest, but I decided, you know what? I want to bring you a podcast today. I think it's important that we chat about the week and then we'll have a guest either midweek or end of the week, depends when we're taping. I, unfortunately, I can't give you an exact date. Um, as you can tell, I've, I've set dates and I haven't been able to fulfill them. So my apologies there. Um, but I do want to talk about Orlando. So first of all, great win, by the way, when the Clippers beat Milwaukee, 129-105. I mean, tremendous win. 
Milwaukee had rested their starters the game prior. So to go and beat Milwaukee the way the Clippers did said a lot. And Giannis obviously had a great game, 32 points. But here's the thing with Giannis. Normally he contributes everywhere else. You look at rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. He had six rebounds, three assists, zero steals, one block. That means the Clippers did a pretty good job on him and prevented him from getting others involved. Drew Holiday was tremendous, and congratulations to Drew Holiday for getting a new contract. Middleton was okay, 7 of 15 for 15 points, but this is a guy that's been averaging close to five, six rebounds, five, six assists whenever you look, but nobody else did anything, and that's the key with the Clippers. If you can stop the other guys when it comes to a team like Milwaukee, you're in great shape, and what the Clippers did in that game was they shot the three ball so well, 19 of 34 from three. 56%. They shot 54% for the game. So they shot better from three than they did from two. And so you look at that game, okay, and they were great. I mean, you had four players that scored over 20 in Jackson, Kennard, Leonard, and Morris. And no PG in that game. And to no PG and to beat Milwaukee by 24 is incredible. And we'll talk about PG in just a little bit. Pardon me. So the question is, what happened the next day? You had a lead against Orlando late and just blew it. I mean, the Clippers were up by seven with a couple minutes left. And they were up by 14 at the half. And then it just fell apart. I mean, Orlando had a great third quarter, but the Clippers were able to get the lead back to a bigger margin in the last couple of minutes. But then the Clippers just took bad shots and they just fell apart defensively against an Orlando team. And here's the issue, because the excuses after the game were back-to-back, five games in seven days. By the way, both of those are incredibly valid. When you look at the quote-unquote schedule loss, this is normally what it would be. But here's my issue with calling this a schedule loss. Orlando just traded their three best players away. And Nikola Vucevic... Evan Fournier, and of course, now I think Terrence Ross. No, Terrence Ross, they still have. Fournier, Vucevic, and I'm forgetting the third. Oh, Aaron Gordon. So when you trade away those three players and you're rolling out a lineup of Bacon, Michael Carter-Williams, Birch, Ennis, and Okiki with Otto Porter and Wendell Carter, your main guys off the bench with Terrence Ross, there's not much there. The Clippers did not have PG in that game. They still have Kawhi, still a Batum, still a Zoo, still a Reggie Jackson, still a Kennard. Their bench wasn't good, obviously. I mean, you Patterson, Coffey, and then Team Man has been awesome. But still, I mean, it. you can look at it two ways. I understand. They got tired at the end of the game. They only played eight players. They didn't have Paul George. I understand all that. My issue is not losing the game because... I would have understood if they went out and they just lost by 10, 15 points. I think the way, the thing that made me upset with that loss was the way they lost it in that they had the lead for so long and just couldn't close out the game. And it allowed people like myself to bring up the whole, are they having trouble closing games? And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. People now want to say it's a small sample size with this quote unquote clutch time. Okay, I understand that, but... How many times are we going to keep giving excuses when they struggle in the clutch? Oh, it's not enough clutch time to to look at that. 
when they lose in a back-to-back. Oh, it's a back-to-back. Oh, it's five games in seven days. This is today's NBA. you got to win ball games, and you have to do it on a nightly basis. If you want to be a top-two team in the conference, you've got to win these types of games. And the Clippers lost the game, and then people were thinking, okay, they'll come out the next night, they'll do be fine against Denver. Then they lose to Denver by seven, and they were down by 11 after three quarters. And so then, what do you say? Because Paul George was back. You had Kawhi, PG, Zoo, Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, your normal start starting lineup. Of course, Ibaka and Beverly still out. But you lost to Denver, and it's at home. And everyone's saying, okay, well, maybe they didn't have enough rest because the Clippers have been playing a lot. So you get one day off, and so everyone's saying, okay, now they'll be okay against the Lakers because they got two days off of rest. Yes, they were great today, and they should have been great today. No LeBron, no anything Davis. No excuse if you lose the game today. I mean, let's be honest. No excuse whatsoever if you lose the game today. Now, you've got Portland and Phoenix in your next two before the schedule really eases up. Justin Russo tweeted after the game today, and it's a pretty good stat, that the rest of the way, the Clippers have the easiest remaining strength of schedule in the NBA at a 467. So it's 46.7, I guess, if you want to look at the percentage. So that's the percentage, the win percentage of the teams that they're facing. That means that basically they're facing under 500 the rest of the way is the way you can interpret that. And it's going to go down after the next two because Portland and Phoenix are good teams with good records. So it's an easy schedule to finish off the rest of the season. Now, here's my thing. Because you just heard me talk about, okay, well, back-to-backs, five games in seven days. I don't want to hear excuses this week because you just had your two days off. You just beat the Lakers. You did not need to play your starters until the final buzzer. You now play Portland on Tuesday, Phoenix on Thursday. It's a back-to-back, so you're going to have Houston on Friday the very next day and then Sunday against Detroit. That Houston-Detroit game, those two games, should be easy wins. Two teams that are completely giving up on this season. So, yes, you're going to continue to play games every other day, or you're going to have back-to-backs. Right now it goes Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday. Four games next week. Next week, the week after that, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Again, four games. That's just the way the schedule breaks now. So, you're going to have to play the schedule in front of you. I don't want to hear this back-to-back nonsense. I don't want to hear this five games in seven days nonsense because everybody has to deal with it now. And the Clippers need to figure out a way to deal with it. And they're going to bring in DeMarcus Cousins, and he's going to be a guy that's going to be a very important body as a backup center. And I'm curious to see how he does with this team. It's only a 10-day contract, but it's a body they need because without Ibaka and without Beverly, the Clippers are shorthanded. Okay, they are absolutely shorthanded. My thing is that this team is good enough to win the NBA title. That is why I say the things that I say. Because I don't want to give this team any breaks. Because when it gets to the postseason, there are no breaks. Okay, you cannot give someone a break. This team has not been to the Western Conference Finals ever. Okay, you've got to earn the quote-unquote breaks. Okay, And the Lakers 
won the title last year. So no AD, no LeBron, understandable. The Clippers, when they have don't have Kawhi PG, understandable. But when you have one of those guys and you have a guy in Zoo that has just been so damn good defensively, you have the guys there to win games against a team, especially like Orlando. Now, Phoenix and Portland, honestly, I think the Clippers can win both. And if they win both, you want to hear something crazy? You remember me talking to Adam and previewing this homestand, that's eight games, and saying that, you know what, I'll take, I think six and two would be good. I'll take six and two, okay? By the way, nine games, pardon me. I'll take seven and two. Um, Seven and two would be great. Six and three, okay, fine. Well, the Clippers, surprisingly enough, since they have four games left on this homestand, should win two of them easily. So that means that they're looking at seven and two if they win the remaining four. If they lose one, okay, fine. Six and three. Overall, that's actually pretty good. And it's exactly what I said they needed to have. It's just the way they lost that Orlando game. That really is upsetting me and the way that people were responding and downplaying certain things and going after the people like myself who say, you know what? Yeah, there may be a problem here. There may be a problem. And that's what I wanted to discuss. And by the way, we're going to go really in depth on what when I have Justin Wilson on. We're supposed to have him on today. Um, unfortunately, he had to push, hoping to get him on on Saturday. Uh, so we'll talk about all of this because I think right now the Clippers, it's more big picture that is important. And we're going to go big picture because he and I do disagree on this. And just like we just disagreed earlier when I had him on last time, I mean, there's it's a good it's a good conversation to have. And I've come around on the Rondo thing. I think some people are starting to a little bit. I think there's concern about the minutes that he's going to take. Um, we'll talk about that, honestly, in just a second, because there really is some stuff to talk about. But I got to tell you guys about what's going on at hoop-ball.com. The fantasy season is coming to an end. Playoffs, for me, are in two weeks. But I want to win it all. I'm in first place. And if you're like me, I know you want to get that title. And if you're playing for cash, you want to win that money. How do you get the edge over your opponents in the playoffs? Sign up for that fantasy pass. It's $4.99 per month, zero commitment. Sign up for one month. If you don't like it, you can cancel. I know you're going to like it, though. It's got everything you need, whether it's schedule and streaming charts, which are huge when you're trying to maximize your pickups in the playoffs, pickups, drops, fantasy appraiser tools, and, of course, the HoopBall Discord server, you can hang out with all the hoopball pros around the clock and get one-on-one help with your team. Please do check it out. Head to hoop-ball.com. Click on the Fancy Pass ad just below the main media wall. All right, so that's my little rant about the Orlando game and people that are saying, oh, look at this team. They're top 10 offense, top 10 defense. And it's been tweeted about today, even after the game. Shane, who does an incredible job, tweeted it out. And Justin tweeted about it too. Everyone's talking about how good this offense and defense is. And guys, I get it. And you can't win a title if you don't have good offense and don't have good defense. But do we forget last year how Dallas had the number one offense and it was a historic offense? It was the best offense ever. And people were saying, oh, no, like like, that's not a great opponent for the Clippers to have because their offense is so good. It's going to be a tough opponent. Guys, everyone in the playoffs is going to be good. There's going to be something about their game that's going to be good that you're facing in the Western Conference. Either it's the offense or it's the defense. And the Clippers had a better team than Dallas. 
frankly, they were a team that was, how do I say this nicely, much better than Dallas. If you take away that ridiculous Luka shot over Reggie Jackson when the Clippers should not have right Reggie Jackson on Luka, I mean, the series would not have gone as long as it did if there weren't some coaching mistakes by Doc Rivers. I truly believe that. And then you look at Denver, who also, by the way, was a very good team. And the Clippers should have won that in five. And they didn't. They should have won it in six. They didn't. They should have won in seven. They didn't. Okay? So they should have been there. For me, it all comes down to the little things in the playoffs. It comes down to coaching. It comes down to the final two to three minutes. How do you execute? How does your offense flow? Kawhi, PG, are they hitting shots? And that brings us to Rajon Rondo, who made his debut today. Not a pretty line. Two points, one rebound, three assists, two steals, four turnovers. His first shift was really bad. But after that, I mean, he looked really rusty. He was throwing the ball across the court into the arms of Ty Lue. But I'm really optimistic about what he'll bring. And count me as one of those initially that did not think that he would probably be, be a good fit. And we've been talking on this podcast for years now. It's been over a year where the Clippers need to get it back up big and they need to get back up point guard. And they have, they got Ibaka. They obviously have Zoo. Last year they had Trez, um, who just wasn't good enough defensively. But they're two bigs now and they bring in Cousins. They should be fine there. Now, why do I think they need a guy like Rondo? It's not because I don't think their team is good enough right now. Okay? None of this is because I don't think their team is good enough. Their team is set for the regular season. My worry is the playoffs. When it gets down to the final five minutes, who's going to be there to steady everyone when you have a lead? Who's going to be there to pass it to a cutting Kawhi to get him to his spot? Who's going to be there when you need them to hit a shot? Okay? Rajon Rondo ups his game in the playoffs. He wins NBA titles. It doesn't hurt to have a guy like Rondo. Is he going to take away Terrence Mann's minutes? I don't know. If Terrence Mann plays the way in the playoffs that he's playing right now in the regular season, you don't have to worry about that. Guys that play well get minutes for Ty Lue. It really is that simple. And you could look and say, oh, wait, what about Kennard, who didn't play very much today until... It was a blowout. Yeah, I understand. But guess what? That means the Clippers have a deep team and they have good players, even ones that you have to sit. But with Team Man, with the energy he brings and the ability to do things that not many others can do on the Clippers team when it comes to effort and being able to contribute both offensively and defensively, of course, offensively, his ability to develop a jumper, that corner three that he's been working on, that he's shooting so well on. I mean, the Clippers have guys. Now, Rondo's going to eat into so many minutes. I understand that. Reggie Jackson might be one of those guys. Stay Reggie. I mean, that guy was awesome when Pat Bev went out initially. And he's still been good. He hasn't been quite as good, but he's been good. And so it's possible that maybe his minutes get eaten into. And look at that today. I mean, 21 minutes today for Reggie Jackson, while Rondo... Ended up playing 13, and he's on a minutes limit. So I don't know how the rotations are going to work. But my thing with Rondo, 
is that when you have a double-digit lead in the playoffs and you need to hold on, you need a guy who's been there before, who's not going to panic. Rondo is that guy. I don't think the Clippers blow the three leads they did last year if they have Rondo on their team. I truly believe that. So that's why I'm good with a guy like Rondo. I understand he's not going to provide you offensively, what a guy like Kyle Lowry can do. I mean, no duh. But look how good this team is offensively already. Okay, they've got the pieces. They just need someone to put it together. They need that guy to be that tiny little piece of the puzzle that is off to the side. When you're putting together that puzzle, there's a tiny little piece. It's not the main piece. It's just a tiny little piece that just makes everything click. And I think that Rondo can be that guy for the Clippers. And I'm very hopeful. And I hope you are too. Because frankly, this team is good enough to win the NBA title. I truly, truly do believe that. Okay? I do. You look at today's game, and it was awesome to see Marcus Morris and Markeith Morris play against each other. And Marcus said after the game that it was the first time that they had actually started against each other and the first time that they defended each other um, in a while. So really cool that they got a chance to play against each other. And it seems like Morris said after the game that he believes Rondo is going to be a really important piece to what they do and the ability to be in these situations and see the games, see the game the way he does, that's going to help them a lot. And that he said that Rondo played with Markeith last year and Markeith had nothing but good things to say about Rondo's impact in the locker room. So it's important that the Clippers get a guy like Rondo that's well-respected and that has been there in the playoffs. And for the Clippers now, it's all about the playoffs. It's as simple as that, okay? Marcus Morris today, by the way, 22 points, 7 rebounds, 9 of 13, 4 of 5 from 3. There was some chatter when Jermichael Green was let go that the Clippers could have just given Jermichael Green some money, not as much as they gave Marcus Morris, and they'd be in the same spot. Here's my thing on Marcus, and if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me talk about it before, that with Marcus Morris, he's a guy that ran a team in New York, okay? There were times we didn't shoot that well because he was putting up a bunch of shots. Just look at Jeremy Grant right now in Detroit, who is really, really good. Um, Started the season really well, but now teams are adjusting to him. But Marcus Morris was going out and putting up 30 in the game if he needed to, okay? He has that ability to do that. Jermichael Green doesn't quite have that in his back pocket. At least I don't think so. And they both are good three-point shooters. But what Marcus has done this year, I mean, he was four or five from deep today. To have a guy that is as big as he is at six foot eight, that can play and defend multiple positions and shoot 46% from three, that doesn't grow on trees. I mean, this is a career high in three-point shooting for him. He is getting so many open looks because of this offense, okay? And when you have a guy shooting 46% from three, that's going to cost a lot of money. Four years, $64 million, that's not that bad. It's really fine. He can defend multiple positions. He can score. He can be that guy that doesn't complain if he doesn't get a ton of minutes. He'll start. 
He'll come off the bench. He volunteered to come off the bench when Nick Batum was great to start the season. But now he's in the starting lineup, and he is an important part to what the Clippers do. Now, you look at Marcus Morris, and you say, okay, four-year 64, but Kennard got the same thing. Again, with Luke Kennard, right now, he has not even started his contract. And we can see the type of knockdown shooter that he is. Luke Kennard, by the way, you know he's shooting from three? 47%. He and Marcus Morris damn near make every one of two threes that they take. Kennard is a shooter. Again, guys who make a lot of threes, they don't just grow on trees. And you got to pay them. Now, my issue all along with Luke Kennard, and you've heard me talk about this before, was that I didn't know who they were bidding against. I don't know who the Clippers were bidding against. I don't think that they needed to pay him $64 million. I think you've been fine with four years, 44. I, I think you could have gotten it done there. But 20 extra million dollars, it's the guy they wanted. They believe in him. They think that he can play on the ball. He can play off the ball. So be it. So be it. So we'll see what he's able to bring, um, obviously, throughout his Clippers career. And when you have a guy that's on a cheap contract... Like Zoo, you can spend extra money elsewhere. And my goodness, man, Zoo has been so fun to watch. There was a sequence today, if you're watching the game, where the Clippers, their defense hustled more than I've seen them hustle all season. They rotated around the arc quickly. Everyone knew when to step up. Everyone knew when to rotate. Their communication was outstanding. You could hear the communication from the bench while the sequence was happening. If you haven't seen it, go find it online. You can hear the bench talking. Zoo, get up. Get up, Zoo. Rotate. Rotate. And that's what you need. And this Clippers team is in. They are all in. Their communication is good. Ty Lue at the helm is someone that I trust. And I really am optimistic about where this team is headed. I love the way they played today. It was a game they absolutely needed to win. It's one that I expected them to win. I didn't want to hear any more nonsense. I didn't want to hear any more excuses. Now we'll see what they do against Portland and Phoenix. Portland has Lillard and McCullum. Very good shooters. How do the Clippers do against them? Their defense is going to be tested. The defense, by the way, that has led up in the last few games, 86, 101, 103, 105. Forget the Philadelphia game where they allowed 112. 85 against San Antonio, 101 against San Antonio. Their defense has been outstanding recently you're facing two good offensive teams with Lillard McCollum Nurk Norman Powell then you look at Phoenix with Ayton CP3 Bridges etc you have two good offenses how do the Clippers do I'm curious to see I really am curious to see because this is a team that has the ability to beat those teams okay now will they be favorites in this game I believe so if you want to bet on them, you know where you can bet. How about mybookie.ag? I tell people to bet with mybookie. Why do I do that? Because not only is their rep rock solid, but they've got truly the best odds, the best contests, and promotions in the business. On opening day, they give you $25 for free. They said, will there be a run scored in Rockies Dodgers? You could bet up to $25, no catch, and all you need was one run, and you could double your money. Okay? Okay. Places like that, that's where I want to bet. 
They got bet blackjack. If maybe you don't want to bet on any sports at the moment, they've got many different things to bet on, whether it's Premier League, whether it's NBA, whether it's NHL, whether it's college basketball. Of course, the NBA, I mean, the college basketball title game is tomorrow and the women's title game is currently going on. All different things that you can bet on there at my bookie. I do not give out my stamp of approval easily. You've got to be the best at what you do to earn it. My bookie is the best sports book out there, period. It's simple. Sign up, enter the promo code HOOPBALL. Get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. Sign up, enter the promo code HOOPBALL, and get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. Head over to my bookie if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with my bookie. All right, hope you enjoyed that podcast. I, I wanted to get something out when this game ended. I, I wanted to chat about the Clippers game. I wanted to chat a little bit about the Denver game and more importantly, the Orlando game. Um, I don't want to just look past the Milwaukee game. And so that's why I did do a little bit on Milwaukee and and that win, by the way, to beat Milwaukee and to beat Philadelphia two games in three days against two very good teams. By the way, Philadelphia didn't have Embiid. So I don't look at that win as, as good, but to do that is outstanding. Okay. It, It truly is outstanding. And I am happy with the wins that they got against good teams. They lost to Denver, obviously, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens as things go because the Clippers are a dang good team and it's all there. It it truly is all there. So now the question is, can the Clippers continue to build on that? Can they integrate a guy like Rondo? Can they get healthy? Okay. Can they get Bev back? Can they get Ibaka back? Okay, that's going to be the key. You got to get healthy. And for the Clippers, it's always been about health. So Portland on Tuesday, Phoenix on Thursday, Houston Friday, Detroit on Sunday. We'll have at least one podcast for you this week. Appreciate you listening. You can always follow me on Twitter at BDMarcus. Follow the Twitter handle of the podcast at HoopBallClips. Of course, you can always engage. If you like this podcast, please go give us a five-star rating. It does always help. And also, if you can leave a review, that's awesome as well. Appreciate you listening. Until next time, I'm Brandon Marcus. Go Clips. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.